From NPR News, this is All Things Considered. I'm Guy Raz. And I'm Melissa Block. Zynga is the company behind popular Facebook games like Farmville and Cityville. Over 200 million people play Zynga games each month. And before the end of the year, the company is expected to have its initial public offering. Industry analysts have valued it at 15 to $20 billion. Not everyone is a fan, though. One video game designer recently set out to parody Zynga's games by creating an absurd version of his own. P.J. Vogt from WNYC's On the Media has the story of an attempt at satire that didn't exactly go to plan. Last summer, Cindy Barrett got hooked on this Facebook game. The way the game works, you get a point every time you click. Cindy was battling her brother Eric, who was routinely beating her. At that point, I maybe had 10 clicks a week. My brother would always have 12 clicks, and it would make me frustrated. So I befriended the top clickers. They taught me how to get more clicks. Literally within a day, I had something like 200 clicks. And I was like, hey, Eric, uh, is there any way you can compete with me? Because I think at that point he had six. And it just went downhill from there. The game is called Cow Clicker. It's the work of a video game designer named Ian Bogost. Bogost creations are usually more like art than entertainment. People don't typically get hooked on them. Take his most recent work, a game poem called A Slow Year. The point of the game is to experience the seasons. The winter game, the sun is rising, it's dawn, and you've got a cup of coffee, which is slowly getting cold, and you want to kind of time your enjoyment of the cup of coffee with the amount of time that it's going to take uh, the sun to rise. It's a first-person drinking game for the Atari. Bogos hates popular social networking video games. Games like Farmville that clog your Facebook newsfeed with notifications about how Your aunt just harvested her virtual crops, or your dad put out a hit on a mob boss. He decided the best way to criticize those games would be to make the dumbest one he could imagine. That was Cow Clicker, the game Cindy found. The reductio ad absurdum of Facebook games. You know, a game in which all you do is click on a cow, and that's it. Maybe you pay for the privilege to click on a cow. You click your cow, it moves. Wait six hours, and you can click it again. Or you can get virtual money, either through clicks or by spending real cash that you spend to reset the timer and immediately click again. People took notice. The media took notice. Leah Alexander is a game journalist who's also friends with Bogost. She wrote about CowClicker for the website Kotaku. He was in every gaming magazine and some non-gaming magazines regarding CowClicker. It was much more popular than I think he had ever predicted it would be. Game journalists liked CowClicker because they got the joke. And as more players poured in, Bogos was surprised to find himself feeling pretty proud. Gleeful. I mean, when people play your game, you can't help but feel pleasure. That's what you want. And I did feel that way for some time, especially when, you know, there was a relatively even distribution of of different kinds of reactions. The resulting buzz brought in more players, but most of them weren't in on the joke. Somewhere along the line his larger user base began to be people who either they understood it was a joke and they still enjoyed it, or they just didn't get it, or they just didn't care. Like, people really loved their cows. 50,000 people. For many of them, Cow Clicker was just another mindless, addictive Facebook game, indistinguishable from the mindless, addictive games it was meant to parody. The ironist players dropped off. What I was left with were real players who were making demands, you know, who wanted things that I wasn't giving them in the game. They wanted different cows. They, you know, they wanted, like, Cthulhu. They, Wait, Cthulhu? Yeah, they wanted a, you know, a, a Lovecraftian Cthulhu cow, Cthulhu. 
That's the bovine equivalent of a tentacled creature named Cthulhu, created by H.P. Lovecraft and beloved by geeks. Still psyched that people were into his game, Bogos gave them what they wanted. Uh, you know, it was a pirate cow, a ninja cow, and a cow that cost over $100. When you bought that cow, we sent a real cow to the third world, you know. I was very eager to, to put more material into the game to see how people would react. But eventually, he got uneasy. After a while, I realized they're doing exactly what concerned me about these games. They were, you know, becoming compulsively attached to it. There was one point when I realized that I was now attached to it in a compulsive way. I was worrying about what the cow clickers thought while I was away from the game. And that was the moment at which I both felt kind of empathy with the players, and also I began to feel very disturbed by the product. He decided to sabotage the game, to tweak it, to make it more maddening, more dumb. At one point, he just, like... He took the default cow, switched it to face the other direction, and charged 20 bucks for it. And people bought it. Bogos couldn't diminish people's love for Cow Clicker. The game generated its own fan culture. Cow Clicker poetry, silkscreen printed t-shirts. There was this woman who did these sort of Cow Clicker portraits of all her Cow Clicker friends. Bogos decided that if he couldn't ruin Cow Clicker, he'd kill it. He got in touch with friends across the world, and he had them hide clues in the real world for Cow Clicker diehards to find. Once assembled... The clues spelled out a chilling prophecy. Cowpocalypse. And then there was this timer that started running. And if the timer ended, then, you know, the game would shut down. At least that was the implication. I never really said what would happen. In a final twist of perversity, Bogos designed his game-ending countdown clock to speed up whenever anyone played the game and to reset if people paid money. I wanted the players to feel like they were accelerating their own demise by playing and and then be tempted to, to maybe purchase their way out of it. And several people, like, extended the clock at the very last minute a few times. When you create something, you don't get to decide how it'll be received. Ian Bogos' game wasn't designed to be enjoyable, but it turned out to be possibly the most resonant game he's ever made. His take on what that might mean is actually pretty optimistic. It shows us how weird and complicated simple things really are. And shows me not that like I'm some sort of brilliant designer who made this thing that was bigger than I thought it was, but how resilient and creative people are. I did this thing that was Calclicker, and in spite of it, they rose above and, and sort of made it, made it something more than it really was. That's one way to look at it. Here's another. You remember that countdown clock? When the clock finally counted down to zero, there was a cow rapture. Here's how the cowpocalypse actually transpired. All of the cows were whisked away, and all that was left were the little shadows where they had been standing. But the game continued to run, and in fact, the game continues to run to this day. And there are still people clicking on the spot where a cow used to be. Bogos still gets messages from confused cow clickers. A typical complaint, which Lee Alexander, the video game journalist, published, read that after the rapture, cow clicker was, quote, not a very fun game any longer. Bogost answered, it wasn't very fun before. For Bogost, Cowclicker was never about fun. It was a joke. But as it turned out, the joke was on him. I'm PJ Vote. PJ Vote reports for WNYC's On the Media. This is NPR News.